Hey, welcome to the fifth episode of The Journey of Grace, and I'm so thankful you're joining us. Uh, I know that many have been here for each episode, and if this is your first time or many to five times now, thank you so much. If you have input or just uh, words of either encouragement or you could have done this better or could have said that, just send that to a podcast at cag.org. It'll be on the screen, podcast at cag.org. And I want to say thank you also for uh, being part of the journey together. It's not just my journey, it's our journey together. And you guys have been so faithful with that. I have had emails from people say it's encouraging to us at the right time it came. I had a gal, the last podcast that we sent out, she had had a stroke on Saturday. She got the podcast on Monday and really spoke to her about perspective. So I really thank God for that. That really encouraged me too as well. But I want to thank you also too, not only for praying for other needs, but praying for myself and for my wife uh, throughout this season, the last several months. You've been great. Galatians chapter 6 says this, that we should carry each other's burdens And in so doing, in this way, we fulfill the law of Christ. And so that's what you've been doing. You've been praying, not only for me, but for many, many other people, and fulfilling the law of Christ. And the the law of Christ is the law of love, right? So on this journey of grace, episode five, I really felt we should just take a different and veer off course a little bit. I want to give you an update on sort of my process, where I'm at in this journey, that you can share with other people. And again, if you like the podcast, please share it. Let other people know about it. My prayer is that, through this podcast, we would connect, you would understand that it's not just you on your own journey, but we're on this journey of grace together. And God's grace is not only faithful in the past, present, future, but God's grace will bring us home. And we trust him with that so very, very much. But I'm also praying that God would also challenge our hearts throughout this podcast too as well. So um, thank you for joining us. Thanks for being a part of it. Thank uh, God for what he is doing and what he's going to do. So before I give you a little update on my sort of my journey, and then you've been praying and asking God for grace, I want to just talk today about protocols and promises. Protocols and promises. Never spoken on the topic of protocols before, but because of some stuff I'm walking through, it just hit me really strongly to share that with you. Now, protocols is the word we think about when you, when you meet someone famous, when you go to meet the President of the United States, there's certain protocols that you're going to live by. You're not going to address him as his first name. You're going to say Mr. President or Sir, right? That's just a protocol you do. You only come and shake his hand when you're told to shake his hand. There's certain like guidelines, those protocols. I've uh, done some research on protocols with the Queen of England and, uh, and the King, of course, now, but the Queen, especially, very proper as she was. Uh, it was very, very proper that, you know, when you came into her presence, it was optional to bow, but expected that you would bow to the queen. And even if you were head of state from somewhere else, it was expected that you would bow to the queen. I didn't realize that when you come into the queen's presence, presence, you could not talk until she talked first. Didn't know that. You didn't have the right even to speak until she spoke to you. And then I read something very interesting. If you had a place of honor at the queen's table, Let's say they were doing a huge banquet, and that place of honor was always reserved to people on the right-hand side. If you sat on the left-hand side, and you were there, for the first course of the meal, the queen would talk to the person on the right-hand side. If you tried to interrupt her during that time, she would turn her back on you and never look at you. When the second course of the meal was served, she would turn to the left-hand side and talk to that person until the next course was served. And I thought it was very interesting that 
in some cases for presidents around the world that when the president stands, everyone stands. And you don't leave until the president has left the room and until he's out the door, you can't even sit down. So I was thinking about protocols for a lot of reasons because uh, asking God for grace and his, her, his help and his mercy over all of your lives. And even as I'm talking to this podcast, I'm getting texts of people who need healing touches and supernatural grace over their life. But there's been protocols in my life the last several months of why we did certain things medically. And I didn't realize there were certain protocols. The first day I met with my oncologist, this is back, back in March, and he look, look, showed me his computer screen and said, okay, here's what you have, and here's the protocol how we're going to treat this. Now, the protocol is such that it's sort of given that anywhere in the country, if you have this kind of diagnosis, you'll be treated this way. And so that's why we started with chemotherapy. And, and that prognosis was, hey, let's go through with chemo. Chemo will kill all the bad cells anywhere else in your body so that we move on to the next protocol. So I just want to say a huge thank you to all those folks who celebrated with me that we finished chemo now a few weeks ago. And God has been so faithful. Never got sick. I got tired. My wife asked me the other day, said, Mark, how are you feeling now after chemo's done? I said, I'm probably 85% of of what I had the energy before, but it's growing each day. And I thank God, and uh, I've told people in our staff and our church, they're in trouble when I get back to 100%, because there are a lot of things we're gonna do for God's glory and his honor. So the protocols medically were something that was given. And since the diagnosis I have is a rare diagnosis, the protocols are very, very carved in stone. I've talked to multiple doctors, and this is how we should do it. So the chemo was done. I had a PET scan then uh, just a week ago, and that PET scan, said there's no cancer anywhere else in my body. There's no cells, because the type of cancer I had would have a tendency to go elsewhere, but there's no cancers they can find anywhere else in my body, which I thank God for. I celebrate that. That's an answer to prayer, and that's why the protocol was set in place for that. However, the tumor's still there. At least it had shrunk, but we don't know exactly how bad it is. That scan did not show what was happening, but it's still contained in that area. So the protocol after chemo is to have surgery. And so that was sort of the plan in the doctor's minds all the time. I've been praying, God, do a miracle that I wouldn't have to have surgery. But I trust God, and I want you to trust God with me too as well. I believe I'm a walking miracle for these last several weeks and months of not getting sick with chemo. People have been shocked at the offices of the doctors I go to and here at the church too as well. God has given me strength. A huge shout out to my wife, to my family, to the staff here. So many people have been just above and beyond. But really what it has been is the prayers of people like you who've been praying. So July 11th, uh, just now, a week from now, once you get this podcast, is the date for the surgery. So I encourage you to pray for that day. Uh, the idea is to go in and take that tumor and uh, any area, anywhere near that might be a problem in the future and then uh, recover. So uh, the recovery time on this surgery is much faster than it used to be. So in a few weeks... I'll be back to uh, uh, strength and health, and, and we thank God for that. So I do believe, you said, Pastor Man, are you disappointed? No, I really thank God that he has been with me all the way. I know that my plan would be different than his plan, but God has his protocol too, and so do you. So that's why I want to say thank you for praying for us on the 11th and beyond as we recover. But God has been doing some great things in people's lives. And so whatever you are, wherever you are, if you're a global worker, if you're here in this country, you have your own protocols you follow. You may not think you do, but it's something that's expected of you. There's a certain protocol. You'll go to work at a certain time and be there. There are certain tasks that you'll be given that you have to finish. It's a protocol that if you have a job, you'll finish that task. 
But I want to ask you a question, if I can, on this fifth podcast. And again, I, I thank God for his grace, and he's been so faithful to me, and I know he's going to show up in a powerful way. Some person, I have to just interject this, some person in our church said, Pastor, I don't know the future, but if you have surgery, I believe the glory of God will be over your life for the entire time you have surgery, and you come out of surgery, and you'll feel the presence of God in a powerful, powerful way. So I've claimed that. I believe that. You pray that with me, that God would just like supernaturally do incredible miracles as he's done. There is a, a, a sense, though, that I want to ask you this question. I hope they'll put it here on the, on the lower level here. So what are kingdom protocols? What are your kingdom protocols? In other words, what things in your life with God are non-negotiable and expected by God for you to live and for you to walk in? Now, it just hit me really strongly because the protocols were very, very clear, lined out. Here's what I'll do, and then here's what I'll do next, and here's what I'll do next. And I believe that God in his grace has his own set of kingdom protocols. But his protocols always come with promises. And so wherever you're at, I want you to hold on for a second. I want to talk about a few of these protocols and promises, okay? So there are about 50 or more commands that Jesus gave to his followers, you and me. M more than 50, but there are, there are several that I just want to quickly look at look with you, okay? So Jesus himself, in the Gospels, gave these commands, and also in the book of Revelation. He talked to us about repenting. It's a command to repent. He says to rejoice. It says that our protocol, expectation of how we live our Christian life, is to let your light shine before men, to be righteous before God, to be reconciled with other people, to settle matters quickly, chapter 5 of Matthew, to don't don't seek uh, breaking of relationship. Don't lust after things. Don't try to seek someone else's stuff. Don't covet. Turn the other cheek. Go the extra mile. Love your neighbors. Be perfect. It's a hard protocol to follow, right? And that list, that's only like 10 of them, 11 of them I've given you. And then 50 total plus of just Jesus saying over and over again, here's expectation of what things you should do. And, and part of a father of Jesus Christ is that God in his grace would let you see his hand and his power in the protocols of heaven. Now we say this prayer, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you and I surrender to Jesus and we, we give our life over to Jesus, we're saying, God, we give you access to our life. The word of God says we are not our own, we are bought with a price, therefore Honor God with the protocols of the kingdom. It doesn't say that last part, but it says honor God with your body. So everything I do has an expectation by God. In our nation and probably in our world, one of the great lacks in the Church of Jesus Christ around the globe is discipleship. Definitely in America, it's a lack because we want to be entertained, we want to be encouraged, we want to be lifted up, but we don't want to be discipled oftentimes. Now, our church and other churches are trying to change that. There are global workers who do that, whether it be on a college campus or in a city somewhere or church planning somewhere. You want to disciple people because there's an expectation of a disciple. I read this past week that uh, church attendance in America is actually lower than it was pre-pandemic, less than it was during the pandemic. So, which is crazy, right? Because people have got used to doing their own thing and walking out of God's protocol. And I'll say this to you. If that's you, maybe God's using this podcast, not just an avenue of praying 
say, Lord, God, let this journey of grace be something that I realize grace has high demands, that I live my life in an honor for Jesus. Can I tell you a story? I don't dream very often, but I had a dream the other night, and I want to share it with you. And I woke up out of this dream, and my first thought was, Lord, what if you come back today? I was not afraid of not seeing Jesus face to face, but it was almost like an understanding to say, what am I doing in my walk with God that if the Lord came back today, he might only be pleased with, but I'd move the kingdom forward. And so that's why out of that dream and out of a couple things medically, I just started thinking about what's the expectation, what's the protocol of God for my life and your life? We don't write it. Believe me, if I wrote my own script, guys, I would never have had a diagnosis of cancer. If I had my own script, I wouldn't have gone through chemo. I wouldn't go through surgery. But it's not my script. God wants to use my life and your life in the best way that glorifies him. And when we came to him, part of the protocol was, I surrender, Lord. Whatever you want, it's yours. So I want you to understand something. We don't do discipleship along our own ideas of what it means, but by the protocols of the kingdom of God. More than 50 commands just by Jesus. That doesn't talk about the Old Testament and the rest of the New Testament. Just by Jesus, 50 commands, expectation of how we should love and how we should live and how we should forgive and how we should live with expectation and how we should make sure we proclaim Christ and not be ashamed of him. So I, I want to say this to you very strongly. When I woke up out of that dream, I thought, Lord, what am I to do today? And what am I doing now that I, if I would, if you would come back today, not only... I know I'm right with God. I'm not worried about seeing Christ face to face uh, in any way. But am I doing something that matters for the kingdom protocol? Am I seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness? Or am I seeking my own kingdom or a variation of my own kingdom? And I feel like, guys, I was talking to a friend of mine in Europe just today. And I believe that God's calling us for more, not less. And when you see everything around us, it's sort of being difficult God wants to remind you that he has protocol for your life, expectation for you to live that out. But in this case, God not only has protocol, but he has promises. Protocol and promises, okay? So there are so many promises that God has for you. But can I share a few with you? So for every protocol, there's a promise of God that covers that protocol. In other words, if God says, hey, listen, let your light shine before men, God says, I'll make you bold through the power of the Holy Spirit. How do you do that? You listen to the protocol of God, the expectation, the commands of God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and follow my commands. You'll know how they live for me if they love each other and follow my commands. That's the protocol, right? And then the promises is, God, how can you help me do that? So when I had this idea of this dream of saying, okay, listen, Lord, I want to make sure that I'm doing something that matters today for the kingdom. And I think that should be your prayer every morning. God, what do I do today that will line up with the expectation as a Christ follower, but also the mandate as a Christ follower on the protocols of heaven? Don't you believe that one of the protocols of heaven is that God wants no one to perish, but all to come to repentance? This is why missionaries and global workers around the world, I want to commend you for doing that, but don't give up on that. You're not going through motions. You're making kingdom protocol reality. And God goes before you. So there are so many promises of God and promises that the Lord gives us with his protocol. Can I give you seven of them and hope they'll list them on this as well? Number one, 
Jesus promised us to give us life to the fullest. So the expectation is when we surrender to him, we're not, oh, it's so terrible. No, no. Jesus said, listen, the thief comes to kill, to rob and destroy and to steal from you. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life to the fullest. So Jesus offers life, not life like we knew it, but as we live in those kingdom protocols, he said, I'm going to give you new life. That's a promise of God, a full life. So listen, you say, Pastor, are you worried about what's coming? I can't be worried about it because God's in charge of me. You can't worry about tomorrow. Jesus said, listen, a kingdom protocol person is not going to worry about tomorrow because you can't change anything about tomorrow. Focus your eyes on Jesus. You see the promise, the protocol on the promise. Number two, one of his promises is acceptance. He is like no earthly king or monarch. So if I walked into the king of England, I couldn't just go up and shake his hand. You can't even touch the king or queen unless uh, approved first of all. You can't go up and give him a hug. But in our case, Jesus not only says, listen, I want you to be, feel accepted, but I want you to come. Jesus said this in John chapter 6, all those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Acceptance. You're mine. He says in the word of God, I call you my own. So it's not like a king that I have to knock on the door and say, please let me come. But we have this open acceptance. In fact, the word of God says, come boldly to the throne of grace, right? A third promise that goes along with the protocol as we're faithful to God. Jesus said, listen to his disciples. Listen, anyone who's given up houses or land or left their family will have much more reward in the, in king, in the kingdom of God to come. So the reward is this, Matthew chapter 10. No one has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me or for the gospel will fail to re receive a hundred times as much in the present age, but also in the age to come. So you say, Patrick, wait a second. How am I going to get blessed by that in the present age? God can do things that are supernatural things, like ministering through you, like using you for his glory, like being that simple light. God doesn't call us a great mouthpiece. He calls us, don't let your light be hidden to the world. But many, the Bible says, who are last will be first. And I think that God in his grace feels like for you to say, listen, when you follow Jesus, it requires giving up your habits of this, please God that go against him and taking his kingdom protocols so that he can receive the glory and that you can receive the crown of righteousness. Another promise of God, and I'm hoping that even in this journey that you're going through, whatever it might be with hardship or, or hangups or family or emotion or just fear, I just want to remove all that fear because the kingdom protocol says, don't be afraid. Fear not. The fourth promise is this revelation. John chapter 4, 14, John 14, 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. My Father will love the one who loves me, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So there's a revelation that God will show himself to us. The Lord Jesus will show himself to us. We're in this series now at our church in the book of Ephesians about the mysteries of God, that God reveals the mysteries, the secrets of the kingdom God wants to make known to people who follow the protocols of heaven. You can't do your own thing and all of a sudden say, God, show me the mysteries. Show me the secrets. God in his grace wants you to do that. And I hope that even today, this is part of your own discipleship process, that God does have expectations. They are his, not yours, but his promises overwhelm you. Uh, the next one talks about friendship. John 15, 
you are, you are my friends, Jesus said, if you do what I command. If you follow the protocols of the kingdom, you're my friends. I don't, long, I don't call you servants any longer because a servant does not know what his master's business is. Instead, I call you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. This is like God's incredible favor to us that even in this journey of grace that we're all on, God says, listen, live this protocol, but the promise is the trade-off of that is well worth it because the Lord says, I'm going to call you friends of God, friends that can be close to God, friends that can come to God, friends that can cry, and when you cry, God weeps with you. When you rejoice, God rejoices with you. When you're going through the deepest water, God is with you. He reconciles us. There's another promise of peace. And uh, throughout this journey, there's been moments like in any journey you're going through, say, God, why is this? Why is that? And I, you have to stop asking the why question. We talked about that on previous podcasts. You got to just start and remembering the who question because the promise from Jesus is this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. So what do you think the kind of peace that, that the Lord Jesus has? Do you think he's fretting over what you and I are going through? Of course not. Do you think he's upset by uh, worried about what's going to happen tomorrow for you and I? No. Jesus is totally at peace, and he says, I want you to have my peace. Not like the world gives, but my peace. Peace that doesn't stop. So then he says, don't let your hearts be troubled, and don't be afraid. Kingdom protocol, don't be troubled. Don't let your hearts be afraid. Let the peace of God, and if you're not walking in the peace of God, probably there's something here on the protocols, expectation, the commands of Jesus that we're missing. I want the peace of God to flood every person who will ever see this podcast right now at this moment. Let the peace of God overwhelm you because Jesus said, I'm not giving just cheap peace. I'm giving the peace that costs everything. Jesus says, here's my peace. Take it. And so I'm walking in moments of uh, not knowing the future, not knowing what that, that what's going to happen with the surgery and beyond, but I'm in Jesus' hands, and I can trust him, and so can you. And I'm hoping this journey of grace, we're, we're seeing that together, that God is faithful. I mean, he's proven himself in my life in cool ways and new ways over the last few weeks and months, and he's going to do that in years to come because we're going to be together for years and years to come. We thank God for that. He also promises joy. He promises joy that is not just a, a fleeting thing, but the joy that says, listen, I'm going to be with you, and I want you to have your joy to be full. So now John 15 says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. I always think it's a, a really an oxymoron when Christians walk around with a sad face and say, oh, what was me? I'm just so terrible. No, no, no. If you do that, you just step out of the kingdom protocols and into your own. I'm hoping something we're saying here today will challenge you and just think, oh man, that's why. So if you are not living in the joy of Jesus, I'm not talking about like you don't realize things are happening, but there's a joy that comes and say, God, there's an expectation that your protocols comes with this incredible promise. And again, Jesus says, I'm giving you my joy. And I want that joy in from Jesus to be complete in all of us which is pretty cool you think about, I can understand and walk in the peace of Jesus and know the joy of Jesus completely. 
What's the joy of Jesus? He's with us. He's for us. He's ahead of us. He's prepared a way for us. He's prepared a path for us. He's prepared a future for us. There's great joy in that no matter what you're facing. Does that mean we don't go through hardships? Of course we do because one of the promises also is trials. Jesus said, in fact, Paul says this and then Jesus talks about it in Matthew chapter 5. Paul says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's a promise in uh, Timothy. Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, when they persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. You say, Pastor, wait a second. I don't like that promise of trials. And that, that's why James says, Count it all joy when you go through trials. So, Someday, I'll look back on this season and say, God, I understand more of what you're going to do, why you did this, why this happened, why I allow. I don't think Jesus gave me the cancer, but no question, he's walked with me through this. I live in a fallen world. You live in a fallen world. Sickness happens. So I'm not blaming God for that, and you shouldn't blame God either. If you are, you need to, to walk in the kingdom protocols of his sovereignty and his grace. But one day in heaven, he'll tell me exactly what he was trying to do during this time of my life. I'm learning things day by day. And people have asked me, what have you learned? And there's so many things I've learned. But I believe that God in his grace wants you to understand that in those trials, Jesus is with you. And what it does is it, it kicks out all the other support. So God, I thank you for that promise that in the deepest trial, you're with me. The other day, when I was coming out of that uh, dream and I was praying, a song came to me and it's, uh, an old, old song that probably a few people might know in this podcast. Last week, last time we talked about uh, I Trust in God from Elevation. This is many years ago. This is 1800s this is written. And the title is God Leads His Dear Children Along. And it's written by an obscure pastor who no, none of you ever heard named George Young. And he was a pastor and a carpenter in order to make ends meet. No one ever knew his name. He never had a large church or large ministry. He had a family, and he loved God, and he loved his family. And he, 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 wrote, he wrote this as a song, and it was interesting. Because he took it out of Job chapter 35, where it says that God gives you a song in the night. Even in the difficult times of your life, the night hours of your, time, of your life. And I've had some night seasons over the last few months that God's given me a song in the night. And this is a part of the song. It says, um, in shady green pastures so rich and so sweet, God leads his dear children along. Where the water's cool flow bathes the weary one's feet, God leads his dear children along. And you think about this farmer out in the middle of nowhere writing that, God, you're leading me. And then the, this part of the song is what really gripped me. Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. And some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. So I thank God for George Young. I uh, look forward to meeting him in heaven because he really encouraged me for several days over this past week. Some through the water. And so Jesus said, listen, when you walk, Isaiah says, when you walk through the fire, I'll be with you. When you walk through the flood, it will not overwhelm you, right? So that's why he wrote some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season 
and all the day long. So I want to say this to you. The promises of God are real, that he will help you in every way. The trials are part of the promise as well as the joy and the peace and his reward of being with him, his incredible grace over our life. And so the protocols that you and I are supposed to live on is a higher plane. So maybe in this fifth episode, God's trying to challenge you and me in this journey of grace to look to him and look what he expects, to raise the level of our expectation of what God wants to do. You would never meet the president without the proper attire. You'd never meet the queen or the king of of poor and country unless you were dressed up and did it a certain way. So why do we think that we can somehow treat the king of kings and lord of lords with less respect than we do earthly kings? God has protocols. They are kingdom protocols. And God has promises. They are kingdom promises. And my prayer for you as I end this fifth episode of the podcast that God in his grace would bless you with a new understanding of his, his expectation for your life, that you and I would become disciples, not just in name, but in reality, that we'd share the love of Christ and the joy of Christ and the peace of Christ, that that fruit of the Spirit be evident in our life, that we'd walk in the fullness of what he wants us to walk in, but also we'd live up to the standard of the protocols of heaven. One day, one of the great protocols that we know about heaven is that every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So you think about, no one will have to tell us to do that. We'll just do it because we'll be in the presence of the Almighty. Can I say this? You and I live in the presence of Almighty now. The Almighty God who loves you and cares for you, who would do anything for you to walk in the full measure of his protocols and his promises. And I hope that today something challenged you to say, I'm taking a step closer to God and living what he wants, he expects, but I'm receiving and walking in his promises for his glory and his grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this fifth episode. Again, thanks for your prayers in advance for uh, this coming week or even beyond in the recovery period. We'll try to keep you up to date on this. I hope it's an encouragement to you. If it is, let us know. I want to be transparent with you in my own journey to say God is faithful. God has been, is, and will be faithful, and I trust him no matter what because my God is the God who can do anything, and so is your God. So, if you like the podcast, go to podcast at cag.org. Let us know and then share it with other people. God bless you guys. Let's live out our faith in a way that honors the Lord and glorifies his name and also allows us to be closer to what his kingdom expectations are. God bless you all.